Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglou. Great to have all of you back here with us across our great affiliates. 98.3, the live WKAN 105.5, the ticket, ACTV, JTV, WJOB, and Cities 92.9 Talk FM. I'm John Zaglou. John Meadows is directing and producing. Great to be back here with all of you. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and hit us up on YouTube. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel at Sports Talk Chicago as well. Back with us for another segment. Great to have him still here with us. Uh, Mark Shinowski. Of course, uh, sports reporter at ABC7, host of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King, and one of the play-by-play voices of Bulls basketball on TV. So, Mark, we were talking about Bulls uh, at the end of last segment. We will continue here. Uh, the trade deadline's coming up. We discussed kind of Zach Levine and, and potentially DeMar DeRozan getting moved. I guess my question to that would be this. Let's say they moved DeRozan, which you said could be more likely. How would that affect the Bulls in terms of their rest of the season outlook are they still going to be a playoff team if they were to trade to rosen or is that a signal of they're going to kind of be sellers and maybe move down in those standings in the second half of the season well i think ownership and management have made it pretty clear that they do not want to descend towards the bottom of the east and go into a full-on rebuild i think any trades they make will be looked at to maybe you know recouping some of the draft capital that they have traded in both the vucevic and rosen deals but also to maintain a competitive roster. You know, DeRozan's making about $25 million this season, and and you're going to have to take one or two players back in any trade that you make. So you're going to get some players back if you decide to trade DeMar. Caruso, of course, is making a lot less. He's only making about $9, $10 million. So, you know, that trade, you might try to get a first-round pick and then maybe just a contract salary filler to match the money. Uh, But if, if they do trade DeMar, I think they would be looking at trying to get back maybe a power forward so you could shift Patrick Williams to the three where I think he'd be more effective and maybe have more size. We've seen throughout the first half of the season and really since Billy Donovan's been here, he likes to go with the small lineup with one center and three or four guards. And sometimes that hurts you both on defense and on the rebounding angle. And I think that if they do trade DeMar, maybe you bring back some size where you could have a different looking lineup. You know, a lot of people have talked about a potential Zach Levine trade to the Lakers, and they're talking about, you know, D'Angelo Russell coming back. Well, that to me, that makes no sense because Kobe White has emerged this year as, as a bona fide top-level point guard. If you brought D'Angelo Russell in to steal minutes away from Kobe, you're just going to limit, you know, his continued development. So I think that would be a non-starter. If you traded DeRozan to the Lakers, he's from L.A., he's had some interest in going there in the past, maybe you get back – Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt. The money's kind of this would match up pretty well. That would give you two guys that can play the power forward position. And I think that you'd have a, a more athletic team, a team that could play at this faster pace that Billy Donovan's talked about. And I think it's a trade that could potentially work out for both teams because as long as LeBron is in is in LA still playing basketball, he's gonna try to win championships. And I think he would be thrilled to add a guy like DeMar DeRozan to their squad. You also make a great point about D'Angelo Russell and Kobe White. And, I mean, how do you how do you explain what Kobe White's done this year? Because, I mean, for me, I don't think anybody expected this production for from him, right? So how do you explain Kobe White's ascension here this season for the Bulls? Well, it's really a testament to his hard work. You know, he came into the league after one year in North Carolina at 19 years old, very inexperienced. <laughs> and then we had the Lonzo Ball injury, and immediately it was like, well, can Kobe White replace Lonzo Ball? And that was a tough comparison for him because Ball in his half season with the Bulls was just through the roof outstanding. So it's hard for anybody to come in and pick up right where Ball left off. 
But to Kobe's credit, you know, a couple of his weaknesses, he didn't, he didn't have a good handle. You know, he was, he was a little bit turnover prone, and he wasn't very good at finishing at the rim. He'd get shots blocked or he, he would miss shots from close range. He worked extremely hard in both areas. He went to a private coach these last two summers who just drilled him day after day, tightening up his handle, you know, getting him uh, more confident in finishing a, over taller defenders with floaters and shooting the ball from different angles. And he's become a completely different player on the offensive end. He's also become more of a leader. I don't know if you've noticed, you see it some of the timeouts. It's Kobe White, who's very vocal and, and you know, exhorting guys that, you know, this is where you got to go. You got to do this on offense, this on defense. And, he, and he's still only 23, but, he, but he's a guy that's not afraid to take on that leadership role. And he's made enormous strides. And I think that's what gives the Bulls front office, you know, the confidence to maybe go out and trade for veteran pieces rather than trying to complete rebuild because they've got a young point guard who's under contract for two more years after this at a very team friendly level. You know, they'll have to get Patrick Williams re-signed, but you know, they've got, they've got the makings of, of a shell of a team with Zach Levine still only being 28, 29 years old that, you know, they, they've got, you know, three starters in place. It's a question of what can they do to get more athleticism and maybe more size around those guys. What's your expectation for the Bulls for the rest of this season? Then moving forward with the Rosen's contract being up, Levine still being under contract. You mentioned Patrick Williams may need to get re-signed. I mean, what's the end game here for this specific group of guys? Well, you know, with DeRozan, he's in his 15th season, and he'll turn 35 before the start of next year. So you really have to wonder. I mean, he's been incredible since he's come to Chicago. He's played at an all-star level. His shooting percentage is down a little bit this year, but he's still averaging 22 points a game. He's been fantastic with the younger guys in terms of being a leader. But, it, you know, they, we've seen it reported from all the beat guys that the Bulls and DeRozan's camp are far apart on a contract extension. You'd hate to see him walk away and go to the Lakers or some other contending team for nothing. And, you know, we, we've seen that in the past with different guys, whether it was Joakim Noah or Pau Gasol, you know, guys just, just walking out and you get nothing back for, for an all-star caliber player. So if, if they can't bridge the gap in terms of an, an extension that works for both sides, I think it's almost incumbent on them to try to work out a trade where DeMar can go to a contending situation that would make him happy and the Bulls can get some assets back that would help them stay competitive both now and into the future. If Kobe White continues to improve, they do have their first-round draft pick this year. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that they're on the verge of contending for a title, but they're certainly not ready to fall to the bottom of the East either. So, you know, a lot of people will tell you the worst thing to be is in between. You know, you hate to be that 7-8 seed where you don't get a great draft pick, and but you don't have a chance to win the championship. Unfortunately, that's where the Bulls are now. And, you know, unless unless you uh, win the lottery or or get a trade that really works out big time in your favor, it's going to be hard to get from where they are now to being one of the top four teams in the East. Mark Janowski here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. John's Glue, John Beto's directing and producing. Mark, let's get to some Bears talk now. Lots of stuff's been going on. Um, what's your take on the Bears' decision to retain Matt Eberplus and fire Luke Getze? I kind of expected that that w- would be the case. Uh, I know that there's a lot of respect for Matt Eberplus among the players in the locker room. I also know that Ryan Poles uh, has spoke glowingly about the job Eberflus has done despite the win-loss record. And, of course, they finished well. You know, they won six of the last eight, and 
or maybe it was five of the last eight. And then they, you know, they showed a lot of improvement, especially on the defensive end with Eberflus taking over as the de facto defensive coordinator, that side of the ball, they really improved a lot. They were among the league leaders in tape takeaways over the second half of the season. So I, I fully expected that Eberflus would be retained and the key is going to be to get it right with the offensive coordinator. You know, a lot of people said that uh, this would be the third offensive coordinator in four years for Justin Fields. But, of course, that's the next question. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be back. They need to improve on that side of the ball. And I think that the first step is getting in a creative, forward-thinking offensive coordinator who can utilize his player's strengths and not be kind of tied to his lineup, you know, his play card. Uh, obviously, Luke Getze was the quarterback coach in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. He was working with a superstar quarterback who made it look easy at times. And I think maybe that influenced some of his thoughts in working with the young quarterback because uh, I thought Getze kind of put the shackles on fields for a lot of the last two seasons where there weren't many downfield throws called, even though I think that's one of Fields' strengths. You know, a lot of sideways passes, uh, a lot of design runs for the quarterback where Fields was taking a lot of big hits. Um, Justin has his has faults as well. You know, he's not the best at making secondary reads and, and getting rid of the ball when there's nothing there. He took a lot of sacks. That did improve over the last half of the season. So, you know, tough decision for Ryan Poles. Do you stick with Fields? Or do you draft a guy that many consider a generational prospect in Caleb Williams? Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to be getting a ton of phone calls from quarterback needy teams with all kinds of offers for that number one pick. And at the end of the day, he did mention in his end of the year press conference, he may take it into April before he decides whether or not he's going to trade that number one pick and keep fields or he's going to use it on a quarterback. So based on what you've seen from fields, in addition to the language coming out about Caleb Williams, how do you think the Bears should approach this situation? Well, I think because of the prospective draft haul that they could get in a trade for the number one pick and the fact that, that Fields has some unique talents in terms of his athleticism, my personal opinion, this is just me, I would keep Fields, continue to develop him with a new coordinator and an offensive system designed around him. Then I would take that number one pick and trade it. You might be able to get three number ones, a couple of number twos, and then you could get another wide receiver. You could solidify that offensive line that's been very shaky at times. You could get another edge pass rusher. And I think you could have a team that next season would be in position to compete with Detroit and Green Bay for the NFC North division. I think you could turn it around that quickly if you make that trade. If you bring in Caleb Williams and he turns out to be good but not great, then you've missed on the opportunity to maybe add five starting caliber players in the next couple of drafts. I do like that perspective, actually, the way you kind of put it with the, with the first-round picks. Um, in terms of next year overall, uh, depending on what the Bears do with that number one pick, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong on your perspective, that playoffs should be on the table no matter what, considering they've decided to retain Aberflus and pulls a still at the helm as well. Well, you look at the way it's gone this year, uh, you know, it doesn't take all that much to make the expanded playoffs. Green Bay got in at nine and eight. And then, of course, they shocked the world by just destroying the Cowboys in <laughs> Dallas the other day, which was really a shocker to me. And, you know, you see teams in the other conference making it at nine and eight. So you, you don't have to, you know, the jump from the Bears from seven and 10 to nine and eight, you're not asking a whole lot. You're, you're looking to win two more games. Uh, Detroit looks like a team I think has got some staying power. Uh, Dan Campbell, who the nation got to know through the Hard Knock series a couple of years ago, has done a tremendous job instilling confidence in that young team. And I think Detroit will be a team to be reckoned with. 
Green Bay, you know, Jordan Love, is, as it's a small sample size. He's played really well. I don't know that we can say he's the next in the great line of Green Bay quarterbacks, but I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And the Vikings could be could be a team that's going into rebuild mode with Kirk Cousins, a free agent, and, and they kind of took a step back this year. I think the Bears, if they play their cards right with the draft, and don't forget they have a lot of cap space, they could also add some impact players in free agency. I think they should be in a situation where if they can't wrestle the division away from Detroit, I think they'd have a chance to compete for a playoff spot next season. Mark Janowski still here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. A few more questions here for you, Mark, before we finish up and let you go. You're calling a ton of Bulls play-by-play this year. We've talked at length in past episodes of this program about your desire to call play-by-play. You've done great. Um, you call Windy City Bulls as well, obviously. Uh, just tell me about that transition for you into getting more play-by-play assignments and knocking them out of the park. Well, thank you for the kind words. It's, it's really been a blessing. Uh, when I got into this business... I did want to be an NBA play-by-play broadcaster, but those jobs are few and far between. And at that point, there wasn't really a minor league system where you could get involved, you know, trying to work your way up uh, by doing what was first the CBA, then the D League, and now, of course, it's called the G League. But, you know, it's just been a, a unique set of circumstances that have given me this opportunity. And I'm very grateful to the Bulls for, you know, for giving an old guy a shot at doing something new. Uh, it's been it's been so much fun working with Stacy, who I have a great relationship. You know, I covered him as a player. We got to know each other. We did we did a season of pre and post before he was brought onto the broadcast team. And then of course we do the podcast together, which we've done for three years now. We have a great time doing it. So I hope that some of that chemistry comes across on the air during the broadcast. And the Bulls have been very kind to me and, and giving me more opportunities. And uh, obviously with Adam's schedule he has to be in whatever NFL city that he's going to call a game in on Saturday for production meetings. And the bulls have had games almost every Saturday. So they, they had a need for someone to fill in. And with uh, Jason Benetti leaving the organization, uh, that opportunity was, was available. And I was uh, so thankful that I got the chance to do those games. Uh, Adam will probably take it the rest of the way, but as they know, I'm only a phone call away if they need me. I was asked this by somebody on Twitter, so I have to ask you this because you mentioned Jason Benetti walking away. Is there any interest for you in the White Sox play-by-play job? Um, I have never done baseball play-by-play, uh, and I know the White Sox are looking for a top-level play-by-play voice, so I am not a candidate for that position. <laughs> but thank you for the asking. I appreciate the question. Well, because I remember you know, you did uh, pre and post for the White Sox and WGN there uh, for a time, which obviously right. also sounded great. So I did I did want to put that out there because I was a-, a couple of people actually asked me about it and said, hey, will you ask Mark this? And maybe we could break some news. I don't know. But we, we now know that you are not in contention for that. That's totally okay. And then what about the Windy City Bulls, too? Um, obviously a great production you guys have over there. Uh, you're recruiting people from the Bulls uh, pre- and post-game show to come on out with you. I think that's amazing. I know some of the games air on NBC Sports Chicago. So how's that been this year as well? It's been a lot of fun. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago is doing eight games live. And on those eight games, I've either got Kendall Gill or Will Perdue to join me to provide the analysis. And then the other games are streamed either on ESPN Plus or the GLeague.com site. And, and, you know, that gives the opportunity for fans who, who want to cover it uh, to watch it. You know, in today's age, everything's available. It's just a question of <laughs> how determined you are to find it. And, you know, the NBA G League side, is, it's still a, the same quality broadcast. It's just you're watching it on your, your computer or your phone rather than watching it on your television set. So 
just uh, want to let everybody know that all the home games are available. Uh, you just have to search it out if it's not on NBC Sports Chicago. But we've had a lot of fun doing it. Julian Phillips has played a number of games. And I think that the Bulls, like a lot of organizations, have been forward thinking and giving some of their young guys who aren't, aren't in the rotation the opportunity to play meaningful minutes at the G League level and develop their skills. It's helped with Dale and Terry, and I know, I know it's helping with Julian Phillips. And the young guy from Connecticut, Adama Sinogo, he's been a monster. He's had two straight games of over 30 points and 10 rebounds. He's a little bit undersized. They list him at 6'9", might be closer to 6'8", but you know he's got a big heart. And I was surprised when uh, Vooch was hurt that they didn't give him a chance to back up Drummond. But I guess uh, Billy wanted to go with experience rather than give the rookie a shot. The Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast is also super successful. And I saw the score put out something about it. You guys are still with Odyssey. Great partnership there. Um, how has that progressed from when you guys started, which I remember, to where it is today? You know, it's been funny. I've learned a lot about podcasting over the last three years. <laughs> One thing that I, that I learned is there's too many of them out there. I mean, you know, everybody everybody does a great job, I'm sure, and they're, they're all, you know, hoping to make it big. But there's just too much clutter out there. You know, for any team that you cover, you could probably find 10 or 12 different podcasts, especially in a market as big as Chicago. So we're fighting the good fight, and we're trying to reach more people. But, you know, we've had a tough time getting getting those overall numbers to grow. Uh, we'll, we'll keep at it. You know, I, I would tell your audience that, Stacy's a great storyteller, and it's not just X's and O's about basketball. There's a lot of Stacy's personality that comes through in the show. And like this week, we're going to have John Sally on. John Sally also has a huge personality. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That show is tomorrow. It's live on YouTube at 5.30, and then you can it's available on all the major podcast carriers the following morning, which would be Friday. So, you know, we're continuing to try to get big-name guests and try trying to grow the show. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's just tough with so many podcasts out there, but you know, our, our intention is, is to keep going and, and hopefully find new viewers and uh, new subscribers out there. Well, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, everybody give me the hot sauce podcast all over. It's a great show. And, uh, Mark, I appreciate you joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on great bears analysis, great bulls analysis. And we're looking forward to watching you, um, on ABC seven, of course, doing bulls play-by-play, windy city play-by-play. And I give me the hot sauce. Um, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I love having you on. Thank you so much. Well, John, thank you so much. And congratulations on the success of your show. I know that you're expanding to more and more stations. I know the show will continue to grow with your great work. Thank you so much, Mark. We're going to be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. The Bears have interviewed six different offensive coordinator candidates. Who are they going to pick? We'll talk about it next.